while our books are really designed to be very hardworking DIY and give people the instructions, it's also really focused on the joy of doing these things and how it enriches your life, having hands-on engagement and hands-on activities. And I think that's part of what is really communicated through our books is that creativity and joy. And we have a lot of fun making the books, the collaboration between the editors and the designers, just selecting photographs or, or illustrations and deciding what the format should be of each book. We're really thinking about the readers and how they're going to use these books. From Meyer Hatchery, it's The Coop, where we talk all things poultry in hopes of inspiring crazy chicken keepers and educating future flock owners. I'm your host, Kendra, and on the show today, we share a place where you can find expert instruction, friendly encouragement, and a welcoming group of people who are committed to helping you gain the know-how and problem-solving skills you're seeking. Where does such a place exist? Surprisingly, on your bookshelf, thanks to Story Publishing. With a focus on practical books for self-reliance, covering subjects from homesteading to health and well-being, I'm joined by publisher Deborah Balmuth as we discover the value and joy Story Publishing has brought to homes everywhere. So Story Publishing was started in 1983 by John and Martha Story, actually. The company bears their name. I'm the publisher here, and I've actually been here since I started here in 1993. So I started as an editor, and I've just uh, grown with the company, which has been really fabulous. We're located in Western Massachusetts in the Berkshires, which is a kind of rural area of Western Massachusetts. We have about 50 people here in our offices in North Adams, Massachusetts. And we love being in this location because so many of our staff are doing the things that our books are about. So we really specialize in DIY, do-it-yourself books, especially focused on uh, self-sufficiency. So gardening, uh, farming, animal raising, nature observation, country building kinds of activities. And and uh, a lot of our staff have chickens or have bees or have horses or are great gardeners or crafters. Um, so part of the, the DNA of story. But we're, we're also fortunate to have distribution through our parent company, Workman Publishing, which is based in New York. So we kind of had the best of both worlds of being a book publisher in a fairly rural location, but um, having a, a distribution all over the country. So why does Story specifically focus on those types of topics? Yeah, that was something that from the very beginnings of the company, John and Martha Story were really focused on, especially uh, organic gardening and farming were core parts of, of Story's beginnings. We have a mission statement, actually, which not all publishers have. And our mission statement is to serve our customers by publishing practical information that encourages personal independence in harmony with the environment. So that focus on promoting personal independence, it keeps transitioning and going into new iterations, but it's always been a core part of, of story and it makes story distinctive and makes it fun to work here too, because we are what you might call a niche publisher, which is that we go deep into these areas that we really specialize in. So we saw a, an opportunity, I think in the 80s when the company was started, was kind of one of those back to the land movement at that time. And so the story saw an opportunity to really focus on publishing books for that audience. So hardworking, how-to books with lots of in-depth, step-by-step instructions 
in gardening and farming and um, and all the topics that we do and and that's continued to grow and it and it and it keeps evolving um, where we see people people's interests changing we've gotten more into herbs and herbal medicine as we saw more people getting interested in that aspect more recently we've been focusing uh, on doing more kids books because uh, people are so interested in passing these skills along to their kids so we started with a sewing school a kids sewing book and then we did some kids cooking books and we've been doing nature observation for kids and and we have a kid's guide to keeping chickens too. Yeah. So that's been our focus. And it's also been part of this emphasis too, from the very beginning has been part of how we market our books. So while most publishers sell primarily through bookstores, Story has always had what we call special sales and uh, special markets, looking at where people are buying the equipment that they need to garden or to farm or to build. What about getting books into farm and feed stores and garden centers? And I really like how all the topics of Story just kind of build on each other. So it's kind of like a rabbit hole. You might start with chicken (laughs) keeping, but if you Google story publishing, you'll find a whole plethora of books that it's just endless. All of the new activities that you're going to be doing on your homestead or farm, or even in urban backyards, like there's always something to add to your wish list from story. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. And it's part of what makes it fun to be an editor here, because I always say to the editors, it's like, you never knew that you were passionate about this topic, but now, you know, you start reading about it and you're like, oh, I'm kind of interested in this. And so it's, it's just interesting. It's kind of contagious. You're right. I mean, one thing leads to another. Part of that too is, is that while our books are really designed to be very hardworking DIY and give people the instructions, it's also really focused on the joy of doing these things and how it enriches your life, having hands-on engagement and hands-on activities. And I think that's part of what is really communicated through our books is that creativity and joy. Um, And we have a lot of fun making the books, the collaboration between the editors and the designers, selecting for photographs or illustrations and deciding what the format should be of each book. We're really thinking about the readers and how they're going to use these books. And it helps that we are our readers, too, so that we're always we're always trying to think like the reader. And um, what's the information that's missing from this book or what more are they going to want to know or what kind of troubleshooting should we provide for, for readers? So when you discover an author or a proposal is accepted, can you kind of talk about how how book publishing looks from start to finish. Yeah, so it's a longer process than you might think. And I think sometimes for authors, it's a really hard wait. But from the time we receive the manuscript to the time we publish the book, uh, at, on average, it's 14 months. So we're always working out ahead a year to year and a half, actually, and even further than that, because when the proposal comes in, often the whole book hasn't been written yet. We actually contract with an author. When they give us a complete outline, they uh, position the book. We, we talk a lot about you know who the market is, how the book might be sold. We think at the very beginning, at the proposal stage, well, what would be the right format for this book? What would be the right price for this type of information? And what length will the book be? And what trim size should it be? And how many photographs should it have? And how many illustrations should it have? So we talk about that at the very beginning stage. And then when we contract with the author, when we decide, yes, we want to go forward with this book, sometimes they need six months, sometimes they need a year to write the book. So we could still be out you know, two to three years before the book is actually going to come out. So that's the other part of it is that the editors are always having to think, well, what will people be looking for in two years from now? Will this book still feel, we don't want to do anything so trendy that it's like, oh, that's going to 
be come and gone, you know, by the time the book comes out. So when the manuscript actually comes in, the editor begins what we call developmental editing, which is actually, um, it's, it's pretty significant editing. We look for people, first of all, we're looking for authors who are experts at what they do. And we hope they have good writing skills. We look for that. But we don't go hire a journalist to go research a topic and write a book. That's, we're looking for the person who's, you know, who's, who's been doing this for a number of years and has their own uh, kind of hard-earned knowledge about the topic and is going to share information that they know firsthand and that isn't maybe in other books. So that's part of what we're looking for. So we might spend three or four months on this initial developmental editing stage going back and forth with the author. The editor might say... Well, I think that these chapters were switched at actually make it clearer. They're putting together an illustration list. So whether it's photography or illustration, start planning, what do we need to show? And if it's going to be step-by-step photography, there's a lot of planning that goes into that. And so then the editor starts talking with the art director and we have art directors in-house. The editors and the art directors work really closely together. And the editor will give art director a section of the manuscript that's, they say, well, this is, is representative of the content of the book and the amount of illustration and the types of headings that there are or the step-by-step art director will do some sample page designs and start thinking about if we need photography, where would we take the photographs? We love taking photographs, you know, at the authors, if they have a farm or if they do their own crafts and they have a studio. We also have a photo studio at Story. So especially with books that are craft books that are step-by-step where we are setting up, you know, each individual stage of the knitting project, or lately we've been doing a paper project book and, and every little stage is prepared and we have a photographer that is doing the step-by-step photography, but we plan that out. Some what we call sample page designs. And then we all, the bunch of us review those and does it really reflect the content of the book? I love working with art directors because as an editor, it's like you can lay out the information in a very clear way, but what the best thing is, is when an art director comes in and they add visuals or they add typographical design components that amplify the editorial content. So it's like, oh, wow, this book is really coming alive now, you know, with the addition of these photographs or the look that you've chosen for the design, the layout is making it, it's really clarifying the information. So once the manuscript is finalized in editing, it goes into layout and that goes on for four or five months. We do several stages of back and forth with page proofs and the author looks at them. So we're we're constantly refining if we see elements that still aren't working or we need to write more captions for the illustrations or we need a few more photographs here. So we look at them critically through every stage and then and then it goes to the to the printer eventually. And we use printers all over the world. I mean, we, we have a production department and they get pricing on the printing. And we, meanwhile, our salespeople are taking advance orders for books and trying to get a sense of how many we should print for our first printing because we try not to have too many books sitting in the warehouse. We like to keep them moving and we can reprint our books as often as we want. And we have a big reprint program because we keep our books in print for a long time, which is another aspect of our, our publishing program is, is a commitment to keeping books in print for a long time. Um, what we call backlist. So the books that are, that are not our new um, upfront books, but our old favorites. So we have books that have been in print since the eighties. So we were talking about Gail's books and the longevity of them and how many she's written, the topics and so forth. And we found it interesting that some of them did have second editions. So how do you guys determine when it's time to update or release a new edition of a book? Yeah, that's interesting. It's it's a combination of ways. Again, 
you know, in the case of, of Gail's books, actually, Gail's so on top of what's going on um, in the chicken world, and she's hearing from readers a lot, that sometimes the initiative might start with her. Gail will say, oh, I think it's time for an update on our book, on my book, because there's a lot of new information about healthcare, about vaccinations for your chickens that was not around when I first wrote this book. And I think it's time for an update. So that's one way that a revision can come up. The other idea for revisions can come from the editor. We're always watching the sales of our books. And if we start to go, wow, this is quite a year for chickens, or we've seen it with home brewing, or we've seen it with um, with timber framing, you know, it's like, maybe we should have a new book on timber framing because we haven't had one in a number of years. And it looks like we've seen an uptick in sales for those books. And maybe one of our, look at one of our backlist books and refresh it. And certainly our classic series, the animal raising series, we have, as you know, our most recent revision, we went back and that was pretty significant. And we added color photography to those books, which they hadn't had before. But that is a series that we're really committed to keeping up to date. And our editor is always following what's going on in the healthcare, especially um, healthcare for, for animals. And she'll say, oh, it's, there's really a lot of outdated information in here. Sometimes our readers will be telling us, you know, this hasn't been covered in the book or this is this is outdated. So so it's kind of a combination of, of things like that. That makes sense, especially with mm. the healthcare, changing vaccines and stuff, just like humans for animals, the same process. Right, right. Right now, we're seeing a real a resurgence of interest in vegetable gardening. There's a new audience of people getting into vegetable gardening. It really kind of started, I think, with people in quarantine recently. Uh, more people started gardening, and that's been really exciting to see. But looking for um, beginning gardening books. And so we've gone back and we said, well, we have this great book, Starter Vegetable Gardens, but the cover looks a little bit dated. Why don't we update the cover? And while we're doing that, put it in a smaller trim size because it was in this large kind of oversized trim size. And we thought, you know, this could use some updates, but it's such a great beginner gardening book. So that's that's the other thing is just design, feels like a fresh design would attract a new a new generation of readers. Does each editor at Story kind of have their own lane that they stay in? For instance, like, do you only do chicken keeping and others do bees and one does vegetables? Or do you kind of jump around and just take on what's coming in for you? Both, actually. (laughs) So I oversee the whole editorial group. So we meet weekly. Yes, there's one editor who has a lot of horticultural knowledge. She's a great gardener. So she especially focuses on the gardening books. But I encourage other editors to bring ideas too, because if they're a beginning gardener, she might not be thinking about the same of what a beginning gardener would be looking for. We have another editor, Deb Burns, who does a lot of our farming books, and she's been working with those authors for a long time. So that's the other thing is the relationship with the authors. Deb has been Gail Damro's editor for a long time, and they have a fabulous relationship. And so it's about the editor that's built the relationship with the author that's particularly interested in the topic. We have specialization areas, but we also cross over. We'll critique the proposals that we're considering and help each other develop them. So everybody has input on a lot of the, a lot of different topics. And I really encourage that. I think, you know, that's what story is about too, is being a generalist and being interested in, in all of our topic areas. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the different input 
you know, from beginners to um, experienced pros, when they come together, seeing those different perspectives can really shape a proposal or a book completely different than if it was one person specializing in it. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And as I said, the, you know, the art department adds a lot too. It's so interesting. It's really fun when they, they find an illustrator who's really enthusiastic about chickens or beekeeping, or most recently where well, we've been doing some books for kids on, um, on nature observation and finding a, an, an illustrator who really uh, appreciates that topic. We have a new book for kids on monarch butterflies and finding an illustrator who's really passionate about drawing butterflies and they bring uh, additional information to the book and an additional appreciation of the topic. So it kind of layers, you know, that the topic becomes richer as it moves through the whole book development process. Well, and that's funny that you mentioned that because we just used Adam Danforth's book personally on our homestead for some new butchering of livestock that we had never done before. And we had watched videos and all of that. I mean, yeah endless research. And we're out there with the book flipping pages, like looking at it. Like, no, it looks like this. So having photos, especially for illustration of uh, sequence or butchering or crafting or something like that, like really understanding and capturing those exact moments makes a huge difference. And I was very thankful for everyone's story <laughs> for putting that book together because it helped us tremendously. So yes, the illustrations yeah. do. I mean, it makes a huge difference. And for well, the photographer or illustrator to understand that to capture it in a way that's best for a reader is highly beneficial. Well, and you know, it's funny you mentioned the butchering books because this might be more information than you want to know, but, (laughs) but the butchering books, I feel there are a few books every once in a while that I'm like, who else but story would do this? I mean, those butchering books, we, so we have a very old book called basic butchering that has been, it's been around since the seventies, actually it was published by a company that predated story. So it's been around for a very long time and it's become a classic. It's black and white. And one of our editors, uh, Carlene, who's the gardening editor, she's also a homesteader herself. And she said, you know, some of those, the techniques used in that book are not humane. It's not up to date. We really need a very up-to-date butchering book. And she set out to make that happen. She found Adam. Um, He hadn't reached out to us, but she thought, well, let me find somebody who's young and active in this artisanal butchering movement, I guess, or very, very involved in that. And and he's incredible. I mean, the the Mm -hmm. depth of his knowledge. But we decided we were going to do that step-by-step photo shoot. And Carlene went and found farms around us in the Berkshires, some local farms, identified where the animals were, how we could get them there. She took the art director and the photographer on a trial run because to make sure that everybody was going to feel okay about doing this photo shoot. And of course it is, you know, it's the most humane methods that you can have for butchering that are pictured in that book. But, and it was days and days and days and weeks and weeks really of of photographing, Um, an incredible investment. And I feel really proud that that's something that we are really committed to. And and it's really great to hear that from readers like you, that step-by-step photography really makes a difference. Yes. You'll have to pass my thanks along to her for sure. And (laughs) what also is interesting is, so I had Adam on the podcast first before I ever went down that rabbit hole and had to buy that book. Um, So it was interesting because talking to him, he is very passionate about what he does and just the terminology he uses. And I learned a ton from him talking to him. But then when I turned and I read his book, it was like he was sitting right there next to you talking to you. I mean, the same voice that you heard on the podcast 
podcast, you can read firsthand in the book. And so I love that translation of in-person to editorial because it really comes through. And I think some people um, may have the misconception that, you know, authors lose their voice in publishing like that. And I can attest firsthand that that's not the case with story. Talking to Gail, talking to Adam, (laughs) it comes across from, you know, their voice in person, talking about their experience to reading the books you guys are publishing. So that's a really nice appreciation. Yeah, that's a really nice appreciation, too, because I forget that. But we really do. uh, As I said, we look for authors who are experts at what they do. And we really encourage their their personal voice and sharing their personal experience and their firsthand that firsthand voice, um, I think it does really speak to the reader and is is um, is authentic. And I think the authenticity is very important to us. We're not doing we're not doing cookie cutter books by any means. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, can you highlight some of your favorite books that are currently on market from Story Publishing? Well, right now, I guess one of my favorites is one that just came out of uh, Story's Curious Compendium of Practical and Obscure Skills, which is a, I don't know if you've seen this book, but it's a, it's a collection from all of our books. It's a big oversized book. And periodically we do these books. We had a book for a long time. It's still in print called Story's Basic Country Skills. And also the Backyard Homestead was done the same way of featuring, it's like we have such riches in all these authors and all this knowledge. And can we we present a book that includes excerpts from a lot of these different authors. It's, it's really an introduction and a place of just diving in. And as you said, one topic leads to another. And this curious compendium, it's like you open one page and it's like how to hold a chicken. And then you go to the next page and it's like how to, how to cook over an open fire. And, the, and you open the next page and it's like how to crochet a pair of earrings. So we had a really fun time. It really covers all of our topic areas. It's an eclectic book, but it's, it's beautifully put together. And I think it's, a, it's just such a fun tribute to um, our authors and this whole joy, as I said, of the experience of, of hands-on living. So that's been one of my favorites recently. I also really love Julia Rothman's books, which are a really different approach for us, which are totally illustrated. She did a book called Farm Anatomy. She's an illustrator who lives in New York City. I approached her first on this idea of doing a totally illustrated guide to farm life. And she got really excited about it. And I sent her a whole bunch of our how-to books. And she started drawing everything from the chicken breeds to types of squash to seed starting directions and just became a really fun visual guide. And then, so then she did nature anatomy and she did, she did food anatomy. And most recently she just did ocean anatomy, which is just a really fun book that's uh, just come out in the past year that is exploring everything about life under the sea um, from a visual aspect. So those are some of my, a couple of my favorites. I tend to really like cooking in the kitchen. And so fermented vegetables is one of my favorites of our, of our books of making your own sauerkraut and kimchi. And it's just, that book is a, isn't a tremendous resource for always finding a new, a new flavor combination. That's why I like the books too, that encourage exploring um, more than Mm -hmm. just, you know, this is how you have to do it. Whereas some of the storybooks that I've read, it really encourage you like, this is how we do it, but this is just the door you're stepping through. Like there's so much more out there. And so I can appreciate that. And I love that first book you mentioned. It makes me think of the choose your own adventure type books. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Where you kind of start flipping pages and then you just go through all these different avenues. I love it. That would be such a good Christmas 
Christmas gift for, you know, the hobbyist in your family that seems to always be taking up a new hobby. That'd be perfect. Definitely. It's definitely that kind of book like, oh, I never tried that. Or, oh, I I didn't know that that's the way that happened. Or just it gets at that, the fun and the pleasure of, of trying all these things. And I liked what you said about our books. I think they are often there's invitations. The authors are authorities, but they don't claim to be like, this is the only way you can do it. And often they are invitations to uh, launching pads to encourage people to take off and and try more things on their own. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Mm -hmm. Now, are there any new books on the horizon that we should be watching for? Well, yeah, I, I think our guard, I'm really excited about the gardening books. As I said, vegetable gardening, we're seeing a lot of interest in that. So we have a couple do vegetable gardening books coming out this spring, Growing Undercover with Nikki Jabor, who is, uh, she wrote a book called The Year Round Vegetable Gardener, and she lives up in Nova Scotia and she grows year round in all kinds of covered structures. So she has uh, cold frames and, and she has row covers and she goes all the way up to a greenhouse, but she also uses cloches. And, and this book is all about all the different ways to grow using small to large covers and may have the most bountiful vegetable garden you can using those things. And with, you know, with weather being more unpredictable, I think that book is going to be really popular. And then we have a, a great gardening book for beginners uh, called Grow Veg. And it's with a, um, a website, growveg.com, that has a lot of gardening information. And these are like really easy projects to get you gardening. So even if you don't have space, it's like you can grow herbs on a, on a pallet planter, or you can grow potatoes in a, in a garbage can. or So it, it, the fun of vegetable gardening and getting started, we're seeing an interest in the, in the crafts area again, which has been an area that we've always done a lot on. And one, one craft book we have coming out later in the spring in May is called Mystical Stitches. And it's really fun. Embroidery, I see a lot of people interested mm-hmm. in embroidery. But this author combines kind of an interest in the symbolism that I think people who are interested in tarot and astrology and have been interested in that, that kind of symbolism. And she's created a whole vocabulary of uh, symbols in, that are all embroidered, the planets and the astrological signs and the different herbs and the kind of language of flowers. But all of those are presented in a way of you can embroider them. So I'm excited about that too. So yeah, so um, lots of good stuff coming up. Yeah. Yeah. There's some kids books too. I mentioned the Monarch Butterflies book and the Backpack Explorer series for kids, for younger kids, for nature observation. There's a book on discovering trees coming up for kids. So um, yeah, it's, it's never boring. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't sound like it. Well, certainly in the field that you guys are in, the topics you're covering, I mean, like we've mentioned over and over again, just endless possibilities. And I'm sure with the pandemic this year, probably just turned you guys 360 to probably more of where you were headed to what people are finding interest in now. Like you said, gardening, we've seen the victory gardens, that sort of thing coming back. And then the huge boom in raising chickens, backyard chickens. (laughs) That was something to take on. So I'm really looking forward to 2021 and just seeing where the people stick with it or if they're going to find something new. So I'm sure story has something along the way for everyone. You no, know, such a hard and challenging time for so many people, but I think spending more time at home and, and appreciating um, what they can do at home and, and how much they can do for themselves mm-hmm. is really heartening and, and how much kids can, can learn about nature, spending more time outdoors, 
spending time having backyard chickens and other pets. And mm-hmm. um, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's encouraging. And I hope that those, that the rediscovery of the pleasure of those things, um, the pleasures of self-sufficiency, I guess, you know, as well as community. I mean, I think those, these are also things that bring people together. They're passions that, that bring people together. And, and that's something that we can all use more of now too, is, is community building Absolutely. Absolutely. So well put. Well, I appreciate your time today, Deborah, and all of your insight on all things story publishing. Hope encourage our listeners to discover something new in story. Great. Thank you, Kendra. So nice talking with you. I hope you enjoyed learning more about story publishing and can now better understand why I love their books. From caring for animals to crafting and homesteading, they really cover it all. But it's not just the practical information they provide readers. It's also the devotion to their mission of encouraging personal independence in harmony with the environment. It's their commitment to finding the right people and curating the perfect experience. And it's their loyalty to their authors ensuring their voices are heard and their books are sought after. As we look back on 2020, we can't help but be optimistic for what the future holds. One that includes self-sustainability, time well spent with family, and finding joy in the little things. In hopes of encouraging this a little further, we're giving you a special discount on story publishing books. This includes Story's signature series, Story's Guide to Raising, along with many of the books discussed in this episode. Again, you can find all of the links and special discount code below in the show notes. Thanks for listening to The Coop. Be sure to subscribe, and if you'd be so kind, drop us a review. See you all next year. Bye.